to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Lauren, I went away for a week and apparently the world is going crazy. <laughs> I've yeah. been in Patagonia sailing, having the most fun, completely disconnected from everything. So you're going to have to let me know what's going on now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, where do we start? Uh, we'll stay away from the virus stuff. Let's just talk about like gas prices. So this oh is something I, I don't know if all of our listeners have heard this. And I did a whole uh, video on it on my YouTube channel at Car Coach Reports. But there's been a lot about gas prices. Everyone's thinking, oh, you know, what we'll do is we'll dump the, the federal government decided they were going to dump a three day supply of crude oil uh, yeah, like on the American market. Miles, right? Yeah. Do you know it brought the prices down two cents? Wow. Two cents. Good. And that's Good only job. temporary, by the way. So what's right. interesting beyond that is while we're all pushing to have this done, um, we could have just opened up the Keystone XL pipeline and brought in like 900,000 barrels of crude oil, and that would have lowered the prices and it would have helped Canada. But they don't want to do that. And their push is really obviously for green cars. But I think w this is what I talked about is while they're being so aggressive in making these changes and saying anti-crude oil agenda, it's in place. The fact is it's costing every single person at the pump. But what's also interesting is the derivatives of oil. So you think when I say oil, what do you think? Gas and diesel, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but there's it's in everything. It's in everything. And so there are over six thousand products that are used in literally everything you touch every day that are derivatives of crude oil. So when you think crude oil, you're thinking one thing, but the reality is that that is not the case. And this is what I wanted to like emphasize to people because I don't think they realize um, what the situation is. The situation is that it's this. Crude oil, when it's derived, it's not just for oil and gas. It's not just for the military. It's not just for those cool cruise ships that a lot of people like to go on. It's not just for airlines so you can travel. It's also used in clothing. So people go, well, I have cotton clothing. Well, it's used in cotton clothing. Yeah. Well, I have it leather. It, they process leather with fossil with fossil fuels. And even better, this is a crazy, all the medications that we take. And that includes the vaccine. And also every plastic uh, container or anything that has some plastic in it has some oil in too. So it's it's really, really goes Including the well cool beyond your charts. Right. Well, think well, about that cool EV, the cool electric EVs. We've seen them all. You and I have driven them from Lucid and Rivian and all wow. these really awesome cars. Well, all those cool lines and curves don't come from metal. They come from plastic. And it makes yeah. the vehicles lighter, so they're easier to propel, including the cool headlight covers, the neat vegan seats, and all exactly. that cool technology. Yeah. yeah. So people don't so realize anyway, that you don't want to eliminate fossil fuels, even though everyone thinks they do. You have to realize that if you do that, you're not just going to do that, but you're going to eliminate 129 operating refineries around the country, which is jobs. So you will kill yeah. the economy. So as I mentioned, I've been uh, down in Chile for like since before Thanksgiving, and it's very interesting. Here What's it like down there? It, the prices of gas, talking about the topic, are really, really high. There are almost like, almost $7 a gallon. Wow. And most of that is taxes because Chile has a, many, a lot of minerals. They, they, By the way, they have a lot of lithium that is needed for the batteries, for the ODBs, but that's another topic. That, that's a lot of money. That's gas. a lot of money to be made. Yeah, they don't have any natural gas. They don't have it. They import it from Argentina. Mm -hmm. They don't have any oil. They import it from wherever they can. So 
gas prices are really, really expensive. It's a small country still, I'm at 18 million people, and there are not that many cars, but there's like big traffic. And there's like, the interesting thing is like all the brands are here, all the Chinese, all the Indian, all the Koreans, really? all the Americans. And you see a lot of fancy cars. I mean, not a lot considering the proportions, right? So you will see your Bentley, your Rolls Royce, your Ferrari here and there. Not every at every corner like you, you will see in Miami. But uh, obviously you see a lot of uh, interesting cars. So I bet. The, the the gas prices obviously affect here in a greater in a greater way because like uh, again they it's don't by the liter it. right it's not by the gallon so it's, it's four liters liter, yeah. plus so, a pint or something it's an, called an imperial gallon yeah, I yeah because they had a lot of uh, influence from Great Britain so all the all the measurements are like European uh, and again so the the gas prices are really high here but people I be just adjust and like I guess. The, the EV fever that we're living in in Europe and the United States and other countries mm-hmm. has not gone here getting here uh, you mm-hmm. don't you you don't see you see a few Teslas but they are like super expensive because the price of the car because the government taxes you on the on the price of the car as the sales tax so if your car is more than let's say fifty thousand dollars, they're gonna tax tax you like around forty forty five percent over really? the price of the car. Yeah, then you have to pay uh, a yearly um, registration. Then you have to pay. I mean, it's like crazy expensive to to drive a car here, but you see them. And then like they have all the Chinese, and the Chinese cars are really cheap uh, compared to the Americans or the Europeans or the Koreans even, even though Kia is really strong here too. So there is really? very interesting So what's market. the number one brand in Chile? Kia and Hyundai, the Koreans. By I'm volume, sorry, it's they, Hyundai and Kia? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what so, about electric charging stations? Are there any there? Have you seen well, any? Well, there might be a few. Again, like uh, they, they have not reached the point where they need that many down here. Uh, well, they have their, they don't aren't... they operate on ethanol? That's made no, of that's sugar? Brazil. Brazil was doing that for a long, long time. And they were um, really enthusiastic about it. But ethanol has kind of died, right? Like, they don't know, not many people use it anymore. But so Brazil... They're was, not uh, using it up here either. Did you notice that after they pushed so hard? Exactly, exactly. So Brazil was a big a big uh, um, country, market for the ethanol uh, gas, but uh, not anymore. And I haven't been in Brazil in a while, but... Um, Chile is interesting. So like every single brand in the world, you want a car from like Mahindra or you want a car from like any new Chinese companies that you and me or nobody in the U.S. probably have heard ever. They are mm-hmm. here. They're like selling cars. Uh, I took a transfer to the airport the other day in one car that I don't remember the name, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it, it looked fine. I mean, like they, they, they don't they don't seem that cheap or like like bad materials. The designs were okay. Obviously, a lot you see a lot of copying. Actually, I posted on my Instagram page last weekend, uh, last Sunday actually, from mm-hmm. the new local newspaper, the automotive supplement, and it had a, um, um, a, a, an SUV from a brand called GAC, mm-hmm. and it had I know a, they are, a, yeah. a bad bad copy of the new Mercedes Benz grill, you know, <laughs> like the one they put in the AMG cars. Mm-hmm. And like you see a lot of details from other manufacturers in their in their designs, but I guess that's that's how the industry is going. 
Interesting. It's interesting to hear the different perspective there, because I think that consumers here in the U.S. think, you know, everything's the same around the world. So with ethanol dying off, electric cars not being big, and it's so expensive to own a car, I assume people are keeping their vehicles longer and you're seeing less newer cars and more older cars. In yes, and they, they and they also still have the option of diesel. There's a lot of cars with this diesel. I engine. love it. Like you that, know, I that, love that, my yeah, diesel. You, you, you will love it down here because of that. Because, I mean, like they're dependent on whatever the outside market can provide. So they and the cars are great. I mean, we you Chile is like a, a very thin California, so only about 70, 80 miles across. So you can go from the beach to the mountains to go skiing in less than three, four hours. So it's really incredible. Wow. So you need a lot of different types of cars to to drive here. And uh, if you go way south where I was uh, the last week uh, in the, the what they call the lakes region, it's really beautiful. It's like Seattle kind of, uh, well, it rains a lot. Everything is green. But you have you see the volcanoes all over the place. It's, it was amazing. It was like a very beautiful trip. I'm I'm posting a lot of pictures, and uh, people have that's seen on, them that's on your Facebook and on your Instagram because I've seen yeah, it everywhere. Instagram. You've that's done some crazy that. stuff there. You yeah. climbed to the top of a ship. Are you crazy? <laughs> I know. Oh, like 60, 60 feet up, and they were like kidding with me because they were going, "Okay, we'll leave you there for like a few hours." <laughs> Let us know you probably would be stuff. fine with that. The rest of us wouldn't be. <laughs> But it was fun. So anyway, before coming down here, I had the chance to see the BMW Concept XM, which is a radical idea. Yes, that BMW for them put out. it is. Well, the, the interior. Yeah, so I've, I've been reading a lot of uh, jokes and like comments like how the ugliest cars ever, like if you were worried about BMW design before this, now you should be really worried I mean, you've mm. seen the pictures. I, I don't know if you were in our bus. I don't think so. But what do you I think? Was on a different, I was on a different wave than you going into that BMW event. So we were there and you know, it was like you have to leave your phones outside. And, you know, obviously yeah. and they would shoot some photos of you if you wanted, which is really hard to cover it, by the way. But uh, it was interesting because, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, consumers don't realize what manufacturers do. They show us a concept and then they kind of wait for your feedback. Like, oh, this is horrible. This is great. Wow, we didn't know BMW could do that. So the vehicle itself is really cool on the exterior and it's very futuristic. Will it show up like that? Maybe. Will they sell a lot of them? Maybe not. But it is a hybrid. It's not an all-electric car, which I did find interesting that they weren't going to go no, all in. Hybrid, because, yeah. yeah, well, they knew better. Because they know consumers are really concerned about just going pure plug-in and that's it. I mean, you're running around town, that's fine. But, you know, if you're going to go from New York to Florida, that ain't going to fly. Because who wants to sit there and wait hours while it charges? And I think that it's a big part of the puzzle as well. But um, I I thought the interior and the front seats were beautiful. It looked like an old leather, like, briefcase. Yeah, like a vintage motorcycle jacket, right? Beautiful, beautiful. But then you look in the back seat and you're like, whoa, 1970 has come to visit. It was crazy. <laughs> Did you notice the back seat was like shanking? And I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, not a lot of utility either. I, they don't care about that. I, they they see the emphasis on this is luxurious uh, mm-hmm. presence and like just like show off 
wherever you go with this uh, huge, huge SUV. But we'll see. I mean, they claim that it's like 80 to 85% close to production, what we will see That's next close. year. I, I mean, the exterior, maybe we'll see some of the things. The, the interior, I don't think it's like that. It's too radical. I mean, it's I like, think it's too radical. For the brand, it's too radical, I think. Yeah, it, it's something like some people, a few people will like maybe um, some artists in Miami or New York or LA, but not everybody in the US or Europe for that case. They say this car is going to be built in Spartanburg and in South Carolina in the U.S. So U.S. car, yeah, yeah. We'll see how how it uh, pans out, but uh, it was an interesting concept. But uh, I mean, a lot of people were merciless with their comments. Well, that, but you got to remember, people that are buying these cars are the ones that are BMW enthusiasts. So if a BMW enthusiast is saying this is what we love, and you show me that, you lose that yeah. enthusiast. That's the problem. It's Exactly. So they describe it to be a, a luxurious, powerful SUV, which will be the most expensive one, too. It's going to have 750 horsepower. And mm-hmm. they said it will sit in, it's like a, a mixture of like the Lamborghini Urus on the performance side and the Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon on the off-roading side, or even though this one is not really designed for off-roading. Mm-hmm. And then like a combination of maybe Bentley Bentayga. So they're going for the ultra luxury market, which is exploding. I mean, every, I mean, you know, like every car that's over $250,000 is pretty much sold out for the next two years, right? Right, right. But, the, but you know, I think when you're looking at an Urus, you have a different kind of customer. People that are buying an Urus, that's an expensive car. I mean, it's fabulous, by the way. I would own one if I could afford it, but it's like 200 grand. You know what I, I mean? Know. Just that used I mean, I'm looking at the used ones. I'm waiting for the used ones to go below 200. They're stupid pricing. But beyond that, I mean, people that are buying that is a very limited market. And you don't want to lose what I always say, your bread and butter, your customer base. Your customer base for BMW is performance driving. You know, that's it. They want a performance car that has luxury. And BMW's always met that need. I just hope that they do that as they depart even farther, like with Mini. Mini's always been about small. The name is Mini. It means small. And then they had this other concept <laughs> that was this huge, like, bus without, it was an autonomous oh, yeah, right. electric thing. I'm like, okay, it's cool, but it looked more like something you would put in your backyard to use. Like, I need an office and I can't work in the house because the kids are driving me crazy <laughs> and the dogs are barking. I'm going to go to my backyard to my pod and work. Yeah. That's exactly what I would do with something like that. But it had wheels on it, and you know there was a kitchen, but there was no steering. It was it was, it was a, too radical for them, and and that is definitely I, I not going to sell. If I remember the correct number of that vehicle was the Urbanaut, so it's like an urban and an astronaut combined. So like you right, mm-hmm. like it doesn't look like a car. It doesn't too weird. Have any any um, typical controls or anything. But I mean, we're seeing what what engineers designers and executives are like planning for the next five seven years it's going to be really really interesting i think well i think there's going to be a lot of changes but i also think remember when we were kids that we were talking about things like oh there's going to be um the jetsons we're going to flying cars food made instantly everything's going to be super easy to get around and obviously that wasn't the truth it was a concept and that's that's fine but now we have to continue to look at you know the changes that were they're showing us how much of this is going to be production. And, you know, there's little things that happen. And this has also happened since you were gone, because I like to keep on top of this. 
um, is they are talking about, this is unbelievable, inside that infrastructure bill that has only passed the House but hasn't gone to the Senate, is a kill switch for cars. So cars made after 2026, we'll see if this happens again. This is where the consumer pushes back. That if they think that you're distracted, if the computer watches you and tracks you, you start the car by breathing into a breathalyzer. This is what they're planning. The car starts. And at any time it feels you're not looking at the right places, they think that you're not paying attention or believes you're drowsy, the car will pull over and park itself. Ooh, that's scary. Could you imagine that? (laughs) I know you could be in a bad area. You could be anything, but this is the problem. These are red flags. And the thing is it's constantly monitoring and listening in your vehicle. That's part of what they want by 2026. And this would be a mandatory backdoor government kill switch to cars. And it's in violation of your constitutional rights in the U S but besides it's an affront to like literally everything that America is about but this regulatory mandate is not going to be easily removed because it passed the House, which means wow. the Senate's got to pay really attention and remove this before this yeah. is serious stuff. So, you know, like I said, a lot of times it's great to show the future, whether it be for mini BMW or even government regulations. But what are we going to do? Are we going to push back? I think I think they'll be pushed back on this one. That's Absolutely. my opinion. Well, By the way, did week, you see any Cupras? Cupra, we got you and I got to drive the Cupra. Yeah, there are a lot of Cupras here. What a cool yeah, car! Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was one of the coolest cars, in my opinion. And it, it basically, Seat, which is a Spanish company, yeah. created a luxury line called Cupra, C U P R A. Now, you and I got to drive it in LA it for the World Car Awards. Yeah. I thought it was fabulous. I tell you what, you know. of all the cars I've seen, the only thing that's even close is the GV70. Oh yeah, the GV70 is good too. And, and it's a final. Uh, so next yeah. week, next week we're gonna drive cars that we are gonna see in the in the, yeah. in the market. Yeah, in I'm gonna be with you all next week. We've oh, got exactly. the um... so no more no more sailing for me. I'll be back in the U.S. hopefully tomorrow yep. morning. You and yeah. I are working. We're gonna share a yeah. ride for Hyundai Ionic, and then I'm going up to LA to drive the Lucid, and then from there you and I are gonna be um, on the yeah, Mercedes EQS riding together. Next so that'll be yeah. fun. Okay, Lauren. And, uh, All we'll right, see safe travels home from Chile. Yeah. Did I say it uh, right? <laughs> yes, and Carl is driving Aston Martins today, so we won't see him. I know. Until next dog. Week. Okay, thank you, Lauren. All right, thanks, Javier. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Follow us on social media, and you can check out our Facebook page, Total Car Score. Thank you. Talk to you. Take care. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com.